standing under the angular stairs that led to the second-floor guest wing, he could see all the way across the house to its west end, where the library was a collection of steel and glass bookcases, punctuated, he had thought at first, by oversized mirrors. A second later, he realized they weren't mirrors at all. They were photographs, and not even photographs of the same person. Blown up to the nearly life-size dimensions of rock group posters and framed in polished chrome, Victoria Hart and Janet Hart Fox stared at each other across the loop-pile expanse of the library carpet, looking like twins. It smacked of expense, and it smacked of obsession. When he was able to concentrate on details, instead of on the nearly hallucinatory use of space, He saw that everything smacked of expense and much of obsession. Victoria's three Oscars stood upside down in three hard-edged clear glass flower pots in the middle of the living room's heart-shaped cut glass coffee table. Around that table, narrow lengths of sectional sofa had been custom-made to allow them to be arranged in the shape of a heart as well, and upholstered in a thick red silk that looked wet. There were heart-shaped pillows made of heavy Turkish damask and a heart-shaped ottoman covered in striped, piece-dyed satin. On closer inspection, the stripes turned out to be thousands of linked tiny hearts. If it hadn't been for the photographs of Janet that littered every available surface, photographs placed, of course, in heart-shaped silver frames, Gregor would have thought of Victoria as the ultimate egoist a woman incapable of imagining the universe without herself in it. Fortunately, the heart motif didn't extend to the second-floor guest wing. Unfortunately, the wing bore an uncomfortable resemblance to certain mass-produced overpriced hotels, and Gregor's room was positively schizophrenic. As he put his suitcases on the floor—the maid had wanted to carry them, but he hadn't let her— She was a small Spanish girl weighing no more than ninety pounds. He thought about the architect, a famous man who, until his death at the age of forty-one from cirrhosis of the liver, had widely been hailed as the greatest original sensibility in architecture since the death of Sir Christopher Wren. Gregor didn't know anything about sensibility in architecture, but he did know awfulness when he saw it, and this room was truly awful. There was a skylight directly over the head of the bed, ensuring sleeplessness early every bright morning and all night during any good rainstorm. There was a wall of windows looking out on Long Island Sound, but not rectangular windows. The panes were cut into everything from hexagons to wickedly razor-pointed stars. Then there was the mirrored wall that faced the bed, a single expanse of polished glass, an invitation to neurotic narcissism. He could see himself standing in front of it every morning, trying to get his trousers on and contemplating his paunch. On the other wall, where the head of the bed was, there were two doors. He tried the closest and found a bathroom, small but adequate. He tried the other and found it locked. He closed his eyes and mentally recreated their progress along the balcony the maid bringing Bennis to her room, him to his. Then he knocked. Bennis, he said. There were sounds of movement on the other side of the door, then the click of the bolt being thrown. The door opened and Bennis stuck her head through, but nothing else. I'm getting changed, she said. 
into something more appropriate. There's a beach out there, Gregor. I can't go in a Chanel suit. I'd just as soon you never wore a Chanel suit. What's your room like? Alice in Wonderland on lysergic acid. Did you look at your folder yet? What folder? It's on your night table, the green thing with gold lettering on it. Gregor looked at his night table, but all that was there was the square envelope that he hadn't opened yet, even though he knew he should. He turned his back on it with determination and said, I don't have a folder. What's in yours? Just a minute, Bennis said. She closed the door and padded away behind it, humming, You're so vain, off key. Left on his own, he went to the bed, sat down, and took the envelope from its place at the base.